With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Guys, let's kind of pick up where we left off. We're still kind of giving a review of the game. We've talked so far. We've talked about the defense. We've talked about special teams. Let's talk offense. Perhaps one of the one of the sore spots of the game, if not the biggest sore spot of the game. Let's look at the stats here. On offense, on yesterday, Auburn went for a total of 13 of 38 attempts passing for a total of 165 yards, one touchdown. That was due to a reception pass to Jarquez Hunter that he made an amazing play and was able to run down the sidelines for a score. Rushing yards, we ran 25, had 25 attempts for 93 yards, which I believe Georgia coming into this game was already giving up under 100 yards rushing. I think we exceeded that maybe by four yards in that game. Uh, Two fumbles, like Georgia, two fumbles, and we gave up one. That was the fumble that Ashford had uh, late in the second quarter. Uh, The offense was on the struggle bus much of this game. Guys, I'll start with you, B-Will. We've already kind of talked about it, but I think the only positive that I can think of really in this game was Jarquez um, for the most part. But but what were some things that stood out to you um, now that we're the day after this game? What are some things that stood out to you offensively on, on yesterday? Uh, just how bad the offensive line looked. Um, we we it's it's very clear at this point that the offensive line was very mediocre last year and they're worse this year. I don't know how much of it to attribute to Nick Brahms medical retirement. Um, I don't know if one player could have made that much of a difference. Um, we know we lost two other players off that offensive line. I think it was Manning and and um, whoever went to Kentucky. I can't remember his name at the moment. Oh, forgive me. But so we know we lost something. They tried a new a new alignment. They tried uh, Tate Johnson at center and Troxler right right tackle, and we got Stutson there at guard. And whatever it is, this this alignment isn't working. And on top of this alignment not working, these guys are hurt. 
So we're not we're not just down one or two guys, but we had somebody with a bunch of experience who had played a bunch of snaps stepping in behind them. No, we're we're down to the very bottom of our depth. Like we're scraping the bottom of O-line depth. And the issue is not just, it's no longer just physically are you good enough. It's mentally, do you even know what you're looking at out there? Like that's where we're at. We're 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 at that place where you might not be that good and you don't know what you're doing. And that's a recipe for disaster and any job at any place at any time. Um, you aren't, you just haven't seen it enough. When you have people just standing and, and getting blown by like that, now it's, we're past this line isn't good enough. It's, we, we're, we're playing outside or like we shouldn't even be on the field. Those guys, if they don't know who to block when the ball is snapped consistently, those guys shouldn't be on the field. But if that's all that we have now, that's what our offense is going to look like. It's going to look like, what was that little thing that, uh, and I, I still hated it, but when Gus used to do it and the center would snap the ball and the offensive line would move. Right. We might as well do that. <laughs> that's, 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 what, um, <laughs> that's essentially what's going on out there. Uh, just the It needs to be 7-on-7 seven seven for the offense, but 11-on-7 for the defense. And the offense needs to understand. You go out here, you snap that ball, you're on your own, buddy. So good luck. Because that, that's what it looked like yesterday. So. The question is, can anything get better? Probably not. Not when you have injuries like this. Injuries, experience, we're lacking. Um, and it's probably going to be this bad. The only thing that you can hope for is that you play somebody who is poor enough. I'm, I'm circling Arkansas. I'm still circling A&M. And um, ooh, I don't know how much I believe about Mississippi State. Yeah, you know, we have to wait till we get there. But yeah, man, I don't we're... we're we down bad, man. We down bad in, in the worst of ways. We are down bad. I'm going to grab some super chats real quick before I get to your thoughts, Ike, on offense. Uh, ben Bloodworth says, which would lead to the most success, replacing the coaches and keeping our current roster or reloading the roster and keeping the coaches? Wait, do you mean at the end of the year? Is Assuming, Ben, you mean at once the year is done, which one is the best option? Because there's a lot of talk about changing before then, and I don't know why people think that's a difference, because you'd have the same old line between now and the end of the year, so I don't really know what would be too different there. But um, I think if you want to completely undo the momentum of the team, then a coaching change is the easiest way to do that. That doesn't mean that it's the best decision necessarily, because you can get a coaching bad you never ever hear pros talking about well we just needed a, a new voice in the locker room yeah okay so you were tired of the old coach the eagles decided that andy reed needed to go because his voice in that locker room for too long it had grown stale but andy reed was a good coach so they went to chip kelly by the way he's a new voice did that make him a better he okay. coach he did okay i mean he wasn't bad but andy reed now granted andy reed inherited well, he chose. They chose Patrick Mahomes, so that makes a difference. But Andy Reid never lacked the skills to get it done as a head coach. But you fully turn the page; it's not working. A new coach, and then everybody feels differently. And that's really what it is. Everybody feels differently. If you were down on Auburn and you had them off your radar as a recruit, then well, they changed coaches. Okay, well, let me hear what this guy had to talk about. And it's not that you were even sour on the last guy. It's like they weren't going anywhere. They were playing poorly. They were losing most of their games. So. I have a reason to check back into Auburn if 
they change coaches. The fans have a reason to check back in because we know from the momentum that we gather, I mean, people were down on us after our 2019 ending and the 2020 year. And then when the coaching change happened, the momentum and the interest picked up. That's how our channel really got going is because change of coach. Now I'm back interested. Now casual fans want to know what's going on. All the hardcore fans, who are we going to get? That's the quickest way to turn around the interest in your program. It's a chance for people to look at you, get reinvested, and you have a chance to kind of sell yourself all over again with a new head coach. I think that's probably the quickest way to recover because we are so down in so many areas that it feels like we need a a jolt. We need a, uh, what's it call it? The medical things where they rub them together and shock you? Yeah. Can't think yeah. Of defibrillator pads. There we go. We need defib. We need that. That's what's happening because the talent differential in a couple of positions is way too bad to ignore. It's not just the maybe we can build it back. We were going to see that this year. Maybe they'll just improve a little bit, and then we could. They didn't. It got worse. So we need something different now. Ike, let's get to you, man. Uh, let's talk about offense. You you bit your tongue the first <laughs> half hour uh, when you start talking about uh, offense. It's your time to talk offense now. Um, and you seem even more excited. Thoughts about offense? Uh, in the illustrious words of Auburn great Charles Barkley, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it was, there was not much. Okay, so let, let me start with the things that were actually good before I go into the things that were bad. Because the bad things are, are, are pretty self-evident, right? right? Offensive line play. Okay, let's start about good. Um, I didn't hate what we wanted to do strategically, offensively. I didn't hate it. I just think that your game plan gets blown up when you have the pre-snap penalties. Right. I didn't hate what Robbie Ashford was doing when he had time to throw. What I hated, and and, and yeah, that's about it. That's about. Yeah. I I disliked everything about what we did on that offensive line. Everything that we did on the offensive line was bad. Like I haven't watched the film yet, but I I think I would struggle to put together two consecutive plays where the offensive line played well. Two consecutive plays. And that's I don't know how you win a football game when you can't play except for the one, oh my God, the one drive where we looked competent on offense. Mm. And Robbie had the first down. He, like, has, he was going to get the first yards. down. He, he was going to get the first down easy. Like it was yeah. not going to be yeah. a question whether or not he was going to make first down yardage. And he fumbled the ball off his own leg. I j- I j- I don't I don't I don't I don't know I don't know what to say about this offense, man. Like we, as 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 good as Georgia's defense is, we did this to ourselves more than Georgia did it to us. Like it wasn't we weren't out there just getting physically dominated. It there were again there were literally plays where an offensive like I thought. Somebody unplugged the controller on my man that one time, bro. Like he stood there and did not move the entirety of the play 
didn't see a guy run straight past him over his right shoulder, was looking the opposite direction. Feet weren't moving. I'm Alec Jackson? Alec Jackson, yes. Arms weren't moving. He stood still the entire play and blocked nobody. Like you, you, I mean, to, to, to play that poorly, you almost have to wonder, is it on part? Like, are you on, are you purposefully not playing well? Like, I just don't know how you play that bad playing bad, having a couple of bad snaps. Keandre Jones, God bless him. Fired off the line of scrimmage one time and fell face first. Didn't touch anybody. It's almost like somebody just pulled the chair from underneath him. And he just, I, I don't understand how you can play that bad. It's one thing where you see a guy get pushed around or, oh, man, he couldn't secure. He's trying to come do a reach block and he's not quick enough or he gets beat off the edge like Austin Troxell has been all year or, or things like that. But block nobody? Not just one time, multiple times throughout the game untouched defenders not because we missed a blitz pickup not just nah i'm good not not on this play i don't i don't not on this play i don't want to Mm. i don't i i fundamentally again georgia's a really good team so i'm not saying that we would have won the game had they played better on offensive line what i am saying is can you give us a chance? Yeah. Last thing I'm going to say. I think Robbie Asher is super talented. I think he gives it everything he's got. He, at this point in time, he's, just, he's, not, he's not ready to be the starter. This is the reason why he didn't start to see. He is so conscious of the rush that... There are times where he could have made a play with his arms, but because the rush was coming immediately, he got too conscious of it. I watched um, Malik Hooker play against LSU, and there was a play, free rusher, coming straight up the A-gap. Hendon. Hendon Hooker, excuse me. Malone, where Malik Hooker came from. That's a freaking cornerback. Anyway, I watched Hendon Hooker play against LSU. Free rusher coming straight up the A-gap. All I saw him do is do a little sidestep, let the guy run straight past him full speed. And he took a step up in the pocket. And then he eventually decided to run after that. Two guys up the A-gap right in his face. He just calmly sidestepped both. And now, Hendon Hooker's a fifth-year senior. Right. He's had mm-hmm. time to get comfortable understanding that. What I'm saying is, Robbie's not there yet. He's not there yet. And there were times where there were receivers open. There were opportunities for him to take. And he just couldn't see it because he was so cognizant of the rush. Now, again, you got to hope your offensive line plays better. But if your quarterback can handle that pressure a little bit better, you have opportunities to take advantage of Georgia being out of position. And we just did not have it. There was there there was just nothing redeemable about this uh, performance from the offense. We got the ball on that fumble. The twenty-something yard line, right? Uh, where, where, where did we recover that fumble? I have to go back 30. and look at it. It's about the. We got like the, six yards. About thirty inside the third. We were inside of thirty. We got like six yards that drive and ended up kicking a field goal. 
the defense gets you the ball in plus territory and you do nothing with it. Three and out. I just, I, you're not going to win a lot of games. Listen, somebody got to get, somebody got to let, let, Will Friend got to talk to some, we got, we got to have a conversation, bro. We got to, we got Will Friend, we got to have a conversation. If you're not going to coach him up, you better have some people in the pipeline coming in next year. And I don't see either one of them. One of the two got to be true for you, my guy. Either you got to recruit some people who are going to come in and change the trajectory, or you got to make the guys who are there on the field play better. Why am I not seeing either? Why? Someone explain to me why neither of those two things are happening. I don't think you have to be amazing at both of them, but can you get one of the two right? Some, I just, I just, I mean, I don't, I don't know Will Friend personally. Maybe he's a great guy. Has, has, has the college football game gotten past him now? where he's incapable of relating to the younger players to recruit them well. And from an X's and O's standpoint and from a fundamental standpoint, he can't coach it well. Because again, one of those two things needs to be true. So, okay, maybe he's not an X's and O's guy, but can you at least go recruit some talent so that when you're not doing the fundamental stuff great, the guys just have enough talent to play better? I got to see. I don't know, man. I don't. Somebody got to explain that to me. Somebody got to explain that to me. Yeah. Uh, let me let me grab some super chats real quick, gentlemen. Uh, Philip Coleman, appreciate the super chat. He says, "I see why Keysaw didn't want the offensive coordinator job at first. Actually, that's not correct. Harson didn't want Keysaw. That was not his <laughs> first choice. As as we, I mean, as it's we, bo- both of them are actually true, but I don't think Eric Keysaw is equipped to do this job." He's not. Right. And He's not. that's not and, – and, you know, people are going to say that's a ding on – I think if Brian Harson could go out right now and hire a new offensive coordinator and demote Eric Keesaw back to an analyst, he would do it today. Yeah. 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 The question I have to ask myself, is there anybody better equipped to call plays on this staff and he does it anyway? Do you just let somebody else who is a, a decent play – but – who on this? I mean, Hartline, I think, is the only other person on the uh, Auburn staff that's ever called plays before. Besides, besides Ryan Harson himself. Yeah. As far as on the field coaches, yeah. As far as on the field. I think offline they had, I think he's actually gone now. There, there was an analyst who, who was an OC for yes. a smaller school. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's still with Auburn. No, though. he's not. He's gone. Okay. I can't remember what his name is right now, but yes, you're correct. So, Yeah. I mean, Kisaw K- was never playing. Plan, he's never playing. Play calling a. wasn't the issue today or right, yesterday. Right. That's not the issue that I have with this team. My issue is the offensive line ain't blocking nobody. Yeah. Wide receivers are open. They're catching the ball nine times out of ten when it gets thrown in their direction. Uh, Shed had one drop that I thought was like, uh, you got to catch that one, bro. Uh, wasn't the best throw in the world, but it was low, and it it hit him in the hand. He got to catch it, right? Like, you need to make plays like that against the number two team in the country. Coy Moore dropped a pass. Right. Like, you, you, like the, the Coy Moore one was a little bit worse to throw, but still, it, you, got, you need to be able to come down with stuff like that when you have to get plays. The issue is the offensive line was terrible, and by virtue of that, you have a quarterback who can't deal with pressure well. He doesn't. He just doesn't deal with pressure well. 
He did it better against LSU. He did it. He did not do a great job of that again. He doesn't make tight window throws against pressure. Well, let me say that the LSU plays that he made, the guys were running wide open. Right. And that's still good that he kept his eyes downfield and hit a wide open receiver. So I'm not discounting that. It's the, I got to, I've got to take a hit on this one. I have to stand in here. I have to deliver to, and take a hit to make this completion. Those are the ones we don't have right now at quarterback. And again, this is the reason why everybody was so excited about Zach Calzada. They were like, we know he going to stand in there and take fire. We saw him get abused at Texas A&M and make some great throws. You know, the trade off of that was, you know, he's going to throw it to the other team a couple of times too. Right. right. We don't have it right now. Offensively. We don't. Blake Slaughter says, did y'all see Robbie scream at the O-line to effing block somebody? I hate that they pushed him to the point where he exploded. He didn't have time to let the play get started at all. This will be what is a similar situation to what Bo was in last year when he was frustrated at the offensive line playing at times. And, I mean, I didn't get the all-world leadership, you know, vibes from him either. But this is the concerns with starting somebody who has never started before with not only what happens when they aren't uh, equipped to play their best yet because they just started playing, but also emotionally and mentally. Um, I feel like Robbie probably put a lot on himself trying to prove to himself and everybody else that he number one belongs on this level at the sec, that he belongs being a starting quarterback for a major program. And he wants more than anything for his ability to be taken note of. And he knows how dependent he is on that offensive line and he can't be his best. Yeah. If that offensive line is playing nobody, nobody like we're, we're, we're giving, we're asking about Will friend and we're asking about Robbie and with an offensive line, this bad, we will be a terrible team. The defense will do what they can for a little while. They will eventually give, give out. The quarterback will understandably get jittery back there. Why? Because I'm a you get tattooed if I if I'm not paying attention. There is such a big difference between what you can do with a a, a decent. Well, let's say this: last year's offensive line was not this bad. So no. let me make that distinction right there. No, this was. is a new type of terrible for offensive line yeah. play. We have right. set a new low here. So the duress that Bo Nix was under last year, it was not this. This was bad. This was very bad. This was very, very bad. Robbie Ashford is better equipped to deal with the rush because he's quicker and he's faster than Bo was. But this is way worse offensive line play. So the fact that he can't do much with it, I understand why he's frustrated. Yeah. This will be a learning point for for Robbie Ashford. Now, it needs to become a positive eventually. These need to be the struggles that spring Auburn into some success going forward, similar to what 2012 was for 2013, or even similar to what, as we've talked about, what 2003 was for 2004. You hit some lows, you discover yourself, you find a minute, and then you know what? You start putting it together once you've got some better talent and and some some coaching that fits, uh, I want to say that fits the talent, because I still don't think there's anything you do with this offensive line, but this needs to be our basement right here. This needs to be what we're hearkening back to next year when we're in, in a fight for the division in November and players are talking about, well, that was it. When we hit that low, we played at Georgia. 
we knew we had to come together and be better than that. Like, that's what this needs to be. And it needs to be that learning point for Robbie Ashford as well. Whether or not he was ready, he's here. Yeah, I saw a lot of players yesterday that didn't look like they were ready. Kentucky's new quarterback didn't look particularly ready. Um, Arkansas's new quarterback looked okay, but he didn't look ready. And Bama's quarterback didn't look ready either. He put the ball on the ground twice, and they were in a dogfight for a game that they had the talent to dominate. When you're inexperienced, this is what happens. You give the ball up. You, you, you think too much. You make mistakes. So I'm not down on Robbie Ashford for that. Nobody can play around this line. Nobody. The difference between Arkansas and Kentucky and Bama and us is that we had the worst offensive line in the conference and a quarterback that's trying to figure things out. And those guys had much better talent um, along the line. And in the case of uh, Bama, everywhere else than we do to make something and to pick up the quarterback's play when the offensive line may not be great. But we're in a hole, man. We're in a hole. I mean, we got to find a way to get ourselves out. You know, and, I th- and I think that's why we were screaming the past few weeks that Ashford has to be the guy because of the yeah. O-line. Like, you, you're forcing him into a situation because you, for the sake of the health of your other QBs, you cannot put them behind that O-line because at least Ashford can escape the pressure. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd be scared to see what this looked like with TJ Finley back there, bro. Mm. Right. That, I mean, right. I just, I don't know that TJ Finley has a prayer if the blocking is going to be like it was yesterday. Yeah. No prayer. Yeah. I mean, p- people were holding Gariner. No shot. No shot. Well, you already saw what he- holding Gariner did against Missouri. He was a deer he, in headlights. No, right. he, no shot. That have been, you'd have been asking that young man to risk his life behind that offensive line, bro. Because yeah. it was... It was it was so it was so bad that I'd, I I just I don't know that I've seen a game where an offensive line played that bad for the entirety of the game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Again, for sure. and Georgia has a really good defense, so I mean, you know, they've got an opportunity to go out here and 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 fix this against some of the work not as great defenses. But I just I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't know, man. Brandon Council, everybody's giving Brandon Council a lot of flack for what he said. My issue with Brandon Council is not what he said. My issue with Brandon Council is you're the center now. Where were you to galvanize the guys during the game to make sure we were getting it right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Again, I can't watch the sideline the entirety of the game. When the offense is out there, I'm watching the defense play. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, when the offense is out there, I can't watch defense on the sideline and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was, maybe he was over there getting in guys' ears and telling them what to do, this and that. But like somebody, and usually it's your center, has to get those guys together and figure it out. And I ain't, I just didn't see no figuring. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't see it, bruh. <laughs>